Hey, this is Pete and Tim, and it's record time. So often, we listen to music on the go, track to track, through shuffled playlists and automated recommendations. How nice would it be to just sit back and listen to the vision of an artist on an album from start to finish? Well, let's find out on Record Time. I am joined, as always, by my dear friend Peter. Hi, Tim. How are you, man? Awesome. How are you? I'm doing well. Good. I'm excited for this. I <laughs> know, me too. Uh, we are kicking off our exploration of these albums with mm-hmm. uh, Real Doozy. Yeah. Michael Jackson Thriller. Album of Albums. And kind of uh, interesting timing to do this one. Yes. Because it just recently got unseated by the Eagles' greatest hits as a top-selling record of all time. Like a week ago. Yeah. Um, Although I think that is just within the U.S. Worldwide thriller, I believe, I could absolutely be wrong about this, don't at me, but uh, I believe it's still the number one selling album in the world. I would believe that. Yeah. I would believe that. And it was interesting to read the article and learn what number one selling means now. Like, 10 downloads is yeah. an album sale? Yes. Uh, and, I, I, and some duration of stream is an album sale. Uh, and they only do it, like, every several years. Yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, crap. Like, this could have happened anywhere in the last, what, six years, I think it was? Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so again, like 66 million copies, like Thriller is uh, universal, loved by people around the world. Right. Uh, you know, I feel like it's a good one to, to do because it is just, I don't know, so iconic, which is an exhausting word. But I feel like because we know it so well. Yeah. Or we it, think we know it we so well. We think we yes. know it so well. We assume well. we know it so well. And because well. we've heard so much of it, I think it's fun to kind of sit down and listen to it and be like, what is in there? Right. Is it? more than just a series of pop songs is it more than just the so-called elevator music that we're used to hearing with all these tunes being so part such a part of so many people's lives for right. so long and i think there is so much depth to this record it's not just a pop, da- pop dance record there's a lot going on uh and it's been really fun to explore it and and dig into it well there's a lot of beautiful architecture that comes through when you take the time to really listen to it in each yeah. track but uh, on its face, it still just grooves. Like, yeah. it's almost surprising. It was almost surprising to me when I took the time to sit down and listen to this album that I felt like I knew, like, the back of my hand, uh, how much it actually grooved. Before we get too far into it, though, we should yes. mention what we are uh, dealing with here. Oh, yes, thank which you. Which is not just the album Thriller. No. Uh, in this exploration <laughs> of albums, in, in order to enhance our sort of back porch feel... We are uh, indulging in specially paired beverages uh, with each and every album. And we have chosen... Cheers. We've chosen to pair uh, with Michael Jackson Thriller the infamous (laughs) uh, refreshing citrus beverage Zima, uh, which we found actually a cold six-pack of. Great choice. Uh... It is going down a little bit easier than I expected, as did Thriller. Yeah. <laughs> it certainly did not reach the heights that Thriller has reached, but uh, I do feel like it was uh, constructed to appeal to as many people as possible, which Thriller was. Yeah. Michael Jackson's stated purpose in putting Thriller together was to blow people away. 
Yeah, I think I, I watched, of course, in preparation for this, like 6,000 YouTubes all about Thriller. And there was one where the main engineer said that Quincy Jones sat them down in a the room and said, we have to save the recording industry. Yes. Well, that was Quincy's goal. Yeah. Michael Jackson's goal was uh, he, he was hurt by the lack of uh, an award for Record of the Year of Off the Wall. Oh, my God. He, he literally told Quincy uh, that... He wanted to be the biggest and most successful and richest pop star in the world, and that's what he wanted from this album. He, I think the quote was, Off the Wall didn't get record of the year. That can never happen again. <laughs> right? Well, nailed it. Right. He got yeah. it. He got yeah. it done. So, okay, just like uh, background. Yeah. Came out November 30th, 1982. Correct. The end of the year. Yep. Uh, some of the other hits on the charts at the time. Toto's Africa, Internet's favorite song right now. Interesting. Um, Maneater, Hollow Notes. Hollow Notes, uh, brilliant. Human League was popular. Van Halen, Diver Down had just come out. So, you know, frankly, yeah. I didn't necessarily think the music industry needed saving at the time. There was a... <laughs> A lot of interesting stuff going on. I think there was maybe still a hangover from disco, still a hangover from uh, 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 punk. Um, but, you know, New Wave came in, out. There was an interesting mix of acoustic electronic instruments going on. But I still feel like this is a colossal achievement in production and song construction and arranging. Um, and so both Quincy and Michael got their wishes because it's, like, amazing. Um, yeah, Michael's 24 years old. Correct. He, he, he and Quincy worked on 30 songs over about six months. God. Yep. And only nine made the album, seven of which became top ten hits. Seven. Seven out of nine. Seven singles. Right. Yeah, and I, I was looking at the top 40 list uh, before the album came out, and of course we should say that the lead-off track of this album was uh, The Girl Is Mine. Uh, and based The lead-off single. The lead-off single, excuse yes. me. Yep, that's yes, fine. Yes, of course. And based on the uh, re success of that album, they said, oh my God, we have to finish this record. They finished it in nine weeks. Uh, the Girl Is Mine stayed on the charts. Uh, for many weeks, uh, <laughs> uh, but it was interesting to see that 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 song was already a hit and in the top ten uh, when the album came out. It became time. the best-selling album in the world in just over one year. God, and it is, and it remains that to this day. So since 1983, it's been the best-selling album in the world. I think it was selling a hundred thousand. Was it a hundred thousand copies? Stand by, <laughs> I have this somewhere. It was either a hundred thousand or a pretty insane amount. Uh, one million copies per week Good God. at its peak. Wow. A million copies a week. So That's insane. People dug it. Yeah. Rolling Stone uh, named it the number 20 album of all time, and the National Association of Recording Merchandisers have it as number three. Whew. So that tells you how those conversations go between those <laughs> two organizations. So how do you feel like it holds up? Like, talk about it as a new experience listening to it again. Well, uh... It was really a great headphone listen, yeah. right? So you could you could zero in on a lot of little fun things. I, I feel like the the construction is what jumped out at me for every track, mm -hmm. right? Uh, if you focus in lower left or f lower right, you know, if you if you leave the melody and um, you know, occasionally the bass lines were what drive things. Occasionally the melodies are what drive things. Uh, primarily, but there was so much fun stuff to listen to that was going on, really small stuff, and I think that's mostly Quincy. Yeah. Um, there are, I feel like, <laughs> three major segments, I would say. The first three tracks, 
live as a, a little beast in and of itself, a very fun, very adequate beast. Then we go into the powerhouse, uh, where you have these unbelievable tracks lined up. What does it go? Thriller, Beat It, Billie Jean, PYT, Human Nature. I mean, Human Nature, PYT, but yeah. Sorry, yes, flip those. Uh, that is a stagger. That is a 27 Yankees murderer's row of yeah. unbelievable hits. And of course, we're barely going to, I think, touch on the video aspects of this. Oh, God. Which are, uh, it's almost blasphemous not to with yeah. this album. But the music doesn't need the imagery. No. It, it really doesn't. No. It hangs on to it beautifully, but it doesn't need the imagery. Yeah, I think the arrangements are particularly amazing with this record. And I feel like w- there is so much going on. He does throw so much at you but at the same time it never feels cluttered like it never feels no. overstuffed nor and, crowded or crowded right right exactly everything has its place there are you little instruments that come in here and there and maybe sometimes do a call and response to each other yes. and that sort of thing yeah i know we're gonna get with, into- with varying success i would say <laughs> right there, there's some some of that stuff holds up beautifully yeah some of that stuff very strange yes and and actually i i will say so i was uh, nine years old. No, I was eight years old when the album came out. I should mention that my first concert was the Jackson Five Victory Tour. Oh man! Yes, in Philadelphia. Wow, uh, that's and impressive. my my memory of that primarily was that I was rip shit that they didn't play Thriller. Right, that's all I really wanted. Right. Um, now they played in my memory all Jackson Five tunes. Not the case. They played mostly Michael Jackson tunes. Funny. Yeah. Um, I looked at the set list and I was a little surprised. Because I'd be surprised if he was playing all those Jackson Five tunes because his voice is very different when he was eleven. No from question. When he was twenty-four. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I had just sort of inflated that memory of being uh, a little bitter about Thriller not happening, mm-hmm. especially with regard to Billie Jean. Yeah, because Billie Jean was the um, la- so he, the the first encore was Beat It and then Billie Jean. Ooh. which is pretty killer. Whoa. Um, he did a second encore, and I don't remember what that song was from looking at it at the set list, and I definitely don't remember it from the show because my dad made us leave. Nah. Um, but I remember being so opposed to the success of Billie Jean because Billie Jean ended up being the song that was played last. Insta- it, was, it was like my last chance yep. to hear Thriller, well, right? So I was oh pissed well. about that. So do you think Thriller has like a prevailing theme or mood uh you know taken as a record as a whole you know when you think of like other records that have you know particular like a concept or a musical palette or style like what do you yeah i would say that it is a borderline concept album Mm. uh i feel uh only in in his general attitude when i read that he was bitter about off the wall getting uh not getting record of the year and that his attitude toward this album was to conquer the world. Right. It made a lot of sense to me uh, hearing the music. So I, so I listened to it once through, then I did some research and, and found that quote, and then I listened to it again, and I hear it yeah. in the songs, right? There's, um, he, I feel like prior to this album, he is a celebratory singer in his subject matter. Yes, and starting with this album and certainly moving into Bad and everything else that came after, culminating maybe with Scream, which I love with his sister. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, it's a great track. Uh, I feel like there is that sort of me against the world um, 
stance. It's definitely a little dark. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. definitely a little angry and antsy. Like, I feel like that's, that's what I get out of it is like a certain restlessness. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that kind of exerts itself in different ways. Um, you know, certainly thematically with some of the songs. Like, there's a couple songs that are like specifically refer to fights. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just a lot. I mean, the first track is "I Want to Be Starting." <laughs> I know, like, you know come like, on, come on. And yeah. it, and it's so relevant that song. Yeah, it is. But you were saying, but I want to. I also feel like this is this comes across in the music, like the choices of of, of chords and harmonies used. Okay. And I don't know if this is deliberate. This is one of the things I think is interesting to chew on. Is like, did Michael's restlessness at the time cause him to use certain musical right. structures to write his songs? Or did you know the songs find him? Yeah. Like in which in which what was the chicken and the egg? But like if you think of um I mean just starting right away with Art to be starting something, everything kind of moves in this sort of like it's dun da dun 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 dun. Yeah. Uh beat it is da dun dun da dun dun. Everything is lateral, it's sideways, sideways, everything is going like this. It's yeah. close to midnight. Yeah. You know, thriller is dun dun. Everything is a sort of lateral movement. You're you, you never get to rest. Yeah. Every you it's know, off, it keeps you off balance. Every song has that bump, bump, bump. When you hear it, you don't unhear it. Um, it all moves a little faster than you want it to yeah. in, in your memory. Like even when we've tried to like hack through a couple of songs here and there, his his pace is yeah. rushed. Yes, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I feel that. Yeah, and the, and that restlessness, like when it does. Um, Resolve, it's like really big and really meaningful. Uh, but for the most most part, you're just kind of like in this constant, unsettled, sort of slightly agitated state. Uh, yeah. And I think that carries through the whole record up yeah. until the last track. But we'll get to that. Yeah. All right. Should we start coming through these one at yeah, a time? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, one last note. You mentioned the the hits of the day. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned it. The Van Halen uh, was on the charts. <laughs> oh, Eddie yeah. Van Halen doing the uh, solo and beat it. Yes. And Toto is the band for this entire record. That's right. Uh, so they're finding themselves all over the. And park. Steve Porcaro wrote uh, Human Nature. That's right. Yeah. Um, okay. So uh, right. let's find our way. All right. So let's get into it. Uh, you ought to be starting something. Um, yeah. I'll jump into this. Like I feel like thinking about Quincy Jones, like declaration of like trying to save the music industry. Like I feel like he start. They start off together like so strong. This song is a shot across the bow. Yes. Like get ready for yeah. what you in for. Yeah. First of all, it's six minutes long. Right. Longest mm -hmm. track on the album, I yeah. think. Doesn't feel like six minutes. Nope. Because it constantly changes. But again, it's that same bump, bum, 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 the entire time. Yeah, it doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't go anywhere else. It stays in that constant restless one foot, the other foot. But you don't care that it doesn't go anywhere. No, right. Because it's constantly awesome and yeah. interesting. I did a little inventory. I'm not going to do this every song, but I, as, a, as an exercise in like trying to listen to this deeply, I did a little inventory of every instrument that's on this track. Oh my gosh. So it starts off with that bat, 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 electronic drums. Again, this is a slap in the face. Yeah. Wake up. Yes. Um, yes. Acoustic drums, ah. electronic drums, shaker through the whole time. A conga, only at the very end. Uh, a couple weird, other hard-to-define percussion instruments that come in and out. This little thing that goes and a couple oh, other yeah. like little claps. There's like three different kinds of hand claps. There's that Brazilian instrument, the cuica, the you know that thing? Yes. Um, foot stomps. Um, a bass synth and a bass doubling. Wow. Fender Rhodes. Two separate rhythm guitars. One going da dum da dum dum and then the other one going da 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 uh, The third guitar doing that amazing solo. Ba -dum, ba -da -da -da. And then another one doubling that. Uh, there's a synth pad, like a little string section that comes in. There's another percussive synth that comes in at the end. Oh another God. percussive organ that comes in at the end. Wow. The, the trumpet section. Yeah, the trumpets are really what sell the track for me. Yeah, totally. Yep. There's like... 
a few different flavors of <laughs> backup vocals. Yes. Uh, you know, the, oh, the awesome classic Mama Say, Mama Saw. Um, then, you know, like Michael a few times. So the Mama Say, Mama Saw, Mama Kusa is like, is uh, Janet and Latoya are in the mix yes, there. Yes, that's right. Um, and then there's all the, <laughs> the high pitch stuff. Yeah. The hee haw. <laughs> I want the hee haw every time. I want only... that as my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's also something, again, like fun things that you learn when, that I, here's, or listen to and find yeah. when, that I never heard before is in the middle of the vegetable course. Oh, yeah. There's a little, yeah, vegetable. Yes. <laughs> we need to talk about this vegetable stuff because that is one of the few things about this opening track that does not sit well with me yeah. <laughs> anymore. That did not age well. No. Um, what is so so this the song is super relevant for today, right? It's like a predictor of the internet. Yeah. Right? He uh he's complaining about uh press and he's complaining about the kind of um image that he's portrayed with and he's complaining actually I'm not even sure he's complaining about the kind of image he's portrayed in as much as this the fact that that happens. Yes. Right? Um, so it's a very broad stroke, but it is totally relevant to today. Yeah. It aged super well. But it, the vegetable stuff I don't get, never got, and I'm not super comfortable with. He kind of jumps around. What's your take? Um, the vegetable thing, I mean, like, I think it's, he's, he's lashing back. Um, you know, they hate you, you're the buffet. Like, it, it's certainly oh. meant to be a demeaning statement. Okay. To whoever is lashing out at him, or it's like his lady, because there's some issues about the girl who shouldn't have the baby if she can't feed the yeah, baby. Yeah, don't feed the baby. I mean, it's all over the place. It and really then at is. the end, he has that wonderful last chorus where he's like, I believe in you, you believe in me, and yeah. I believe you. It's like a barn raiser, like. Very Michael. Feeling good, feel good ending. Old Michael. Yeah, right. Yeah, totally. So I'm not really exactly sure what he's kind of going for here. It so were you trying aggressive. to say that the vegetable, that he's saying that you like. You, nobody wants to eat you. You're the vegetable. Yeah, you suck. You're the you're... crappiest part of the meat. You're not the bread and butter and like. Is that what you're saying? Because I always nope. thought it was like you were like in a vegetative state. Yeah, you are. You're doing nothing. I'm up here working my ass off, and you're just sitting around. That like... is the weirdest insult. Yeah, yeah. You're a vegetable. Uh, you do nothing. I've never you. employed that. I've had I've had a lot of cause to insult <laughs> people in my life. I've never. I've never. <laughs> Try it out. Get yeah, well, shot. all right. Yeah. If you need some new uh, ammo in your yeah in your quiver, <laughs> um, give the vegetable a shot. I realized in this song in particular, and in this album in general, uh, that as a kid, I couldn't follow his lyrics, nor yeah. did I care much. I right? I, yeah. I, the, and and we'll get to a particularly egregious part of this <laughs> in one of the other tracks. Yeah. But um, it didn't matter to me, and but, and. Yeah. So I, I bring that up certainly uh, self-deprecatingly, but also because, uh, you know, his focus is to make us move. Quincy's may not have been, but uh, his focus is, number one, to be the best groove shaker that he can be. And I think this track, it's not one, I don't think, maybe you'd find it on a Michael Jackson Greatest Hits, but I kind of doubt it. I'm not sure. I'm not 100% yeah, sure. It's a borderline greatest hits track. It yeah. was a top 10 single, but everything on this album was. It's awesome. And it's it's sort of a hidden piece, but it gets the job done. It kicks off an album beautifully, yeah. as you yeah. stated. And I also feel like, although I didn't really kind of groove on the lyrics themselves either, like it's still a very participatory song. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, totally. yeah, stuck totally. in the middle. Like you kind of you latch on to things. And the Mama Say Mama Sama Makusa, like who didn't sing along with that? Obviously, you know, like yeah. it was used in that Rihanna "Please Don't Stop the Music" song. Like you've you've heard it a million times since then. So I feel like this isn't the only example of him doing this on this record, where right. I feel like he's inviting you to kind of like sing along with things. Yeah. Um. And so that's like again, a you wh- sang along with it when you heard it, and yeah. most of the next day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it didn't matter that you didn't know the words; you knew where to come in. Right. Yeah. Uh. Baby Be Mine? <laughs> Why is this not Give Me the Night? Give, give Me the Night? Yeah. Well, with uh, music everywhere and lots of love and everywhere. So, so give, give Me, me the, the Night? night. So it's Baby Be Mine? Totally similar. It is 100% that song. I don't know which came first. I'm guessing this did. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not 100% sure of that. This song um, is weird. Yeah. It's very strange. It's an odd track, too. Um... You know, I like to contemplate the segues too. Like, clearly, the track order is important. Yeah, uh, and I'll get to that back to that at the end. Um, but it's a strange one to follow up with. I like the segue into the little drum fill that comes in, and then immediately I'm sort of like eh, tuned out a little bit. Yeah, or at least I was when I listened to the record previously. Yeah, this time around I was really trying to find some interesting deep things in it, and there's a lot of virtuosic, especially singing, like. His backups of himself are like exceptionally tight and beautiful and smooth. He's almost another synth instrument. Like it sounds so pretty. <laughs> yeah, I feel like he's really easy on his audience here. Mm-hmm. Um, this track is a very dide- digestible. It aged well. Um, it's smooth. I mean, it it, yeah. it holds up. I think as well as any of the tracks. Obviously, not a greatest hits. I think this is one of the few that was not a top ten single. No, it was not. But. Um, but I really kind of liked it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's not I feel a, like you could yeah. really hear the Toto on it. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you got some Toto on that track. Um, yeah. I mean, it's not like that memorable, but it's like fun to kind of sink your teeth into. Uh, it's it definitely has a super seventies R and B sound, but it's got something really weird in it. And I want to kind of play ten seconds of it. Yes. So I'm gonna pause here while you cue up uh, three twenty on Baby Be Mine. 320. Right. Yeah, 320. Just let this go for a minute. The moment that I mean is a 332, and it's just the oddest. I'm at little... 318. You all yeah, right with that? Yeah, that's fine. All right, here we go. So you can just get the sonic center. You can bring that over to the. Yeah, you yeah. Can check. Here we go. So we're just going to play this from three. So here you are. Grooving along with this nice little chorus. Here it comes. Did I just have a stroke? Like, what happened there? Yeah, um, I think I had written, is, is that actually a bridge? No, it's just the <laughs> weirdest modulation I've ever heard. Yeah. Um, it does change key, but it does it in such a bizarre little way. It's like, when I listen to it, I'm like, I had to go listen to it in another source to make sure that it wasn't like something weird with the file. Right, right, right. Like, that is so odd and done so perfectly and smoothly, but, like, I don't, it's well, so... Well, it feels like there's a little hiccup in the beginning of it, actually. Yeah. It feels like there's a little, like, I don't know if he's just bending pitch on a keyboard or something. Because there is it, some of it that feels a little team. unstable right at the bottom of it, but yeah. then it holds. Yes, it does. And there is definitely a bunch of pitch men on the keyboards in here, which I love, and it became a very 80s thing. I'm not sure who did it first. I don't presume to know like who, who was the pioneer of that, but that became, I think, partially because of the popularity of this record, a crazily overused thing. Yeah. Um, but I also think that that one little odd bit speaks to something else that happens on this record, where you like have all of these songs that are pretty kind of, common structure verse chorus verse chorus but they all have something weird and surprising in them. yeah 
each totally. and every track. Yep. Has I would attribute that to Quincy. Yeah, probably. Probably. I, I don't know. And it's, sometimes it's the sound. Like, I feel like in Beat It, it comes out right at the beginning. Bong! You yeah. know, like another, you know, we talk about opening side two of, yeah, a, totally. of an album. It, yeah. like, again, hits you over the head. Right. Um, right. You're not, you're not getting a break there. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think for Quincy, you know, my, my relationship with Quincy Jones, I feel like, I feel like he's got a little bit of Beck in him, or Beck's got a little bit of Quincy Jones in him, right? Oh, he yeah. intentionally does something to mess with songs, and... Mm usually I'm into it, yeah. but sometimes it does push me away. And I think he just like, just was hitting nothing but like doubles and triples on this album. Yes. Whereas like sometimes he was popping up uh, in other records for me and, and not making it happen, but, uh, but the weird they thing, all work. Yeah. The weird thing about that little shift in Baby Be Mine is like, it's not necessary. It doesn't add that much to it. And it, is really hard to do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so why <laughs> bother? Right. So but I'm not sure because why. of the, the overall result. And again, that... it gets just makes you go, huh? Yeah. I had a note that I thought this might be the best melody on the album. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> it's very R&B. It is cool. It jumps around all over the place. I feel like there's not a lot of adventure in many of the melodies, uh, and I think that's uh, somewhat akin to your sort of lateral point yeah. that you made earlier. Yeah. Um, but this one went wherever it wanted, and it followed, I feel like, um, you know, not the path of least resistance, but it, it went to nice places for me. I really enjoyed the melody on yeah. this, more so specifically than many of the other melodies. Yep, agreed. Um, right. Yeah, I said a bit of a lull on the album, but on its merits, a bulletproof pop song. <laughs> um, and then... And then we, we get, get to. We get a little problematic. Yeah. There's a lot of issues to discuss about The Girl Is Mine. Wow. Um, <laughs> well. Uh, Again, lead off single. My, this, fir this, my first note says, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> no. Um, this has Paul Jones. McCartney and Michael Jackson. I know. Right? And all it makes amazing. me want is to hear Say, Say, Say. Exactly. Right. Which is a thousand times a thousand the song. A thousand times better. And was only a single. Right. It's crazy. Yeah. It's a thousand times the song and one of the best videos of all time. Oh, God, In my yeah. opinion. Yeah, I think it set the standard. Beautiful. For years and years. Uh, <laughs> but this so, song. unfortunately, we can't talk about Say 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 because we're talking about oh. Thriller, so we have to talk about The Girl Is Mine, which Ugh. I mentioned a couple of other times that things have not aged well. No. This song has not aged well. Right. Yeah, uh, and for so many reasons. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what do you... I mean, I don't even know how to approach it. What do you hate the most? <laughs> <laughs> um, the schmaltzy arrangement uh, again it, it's the only one on the record that doesn't have like a really strong kind of pulse no hook uh, no real hook I mean it's actually kind of a catchy melody da, da, da. you know yeah, I kind of walk right, around fine. whistling yeah, totally. it I think I was whistling it at work today yeah um, but it, it's just so like toothless and lame and I mean, written by Michael Jackson. Again, funny that it's a lead-off single. Was a huge hit at the time. Yeah, how is that possible? I don't know. And it maybe just whetted everyone's appetite for what was coming next with Michael Jackson. Oh my God! I mean, apart Paul McCartney's single uh, like solo career was pretty good at this time. Mm -hmm. So that probably just created a lot of buzz. That that collaboration on it on its face. Yeah. Uh, didn't come across well in the song. I mean, like, there's just. <laughs> Sorry, when was Say 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 released? Do we know? Uh, that's a good question. I should have looked at Very that. contemporaneously with this. Because yeah, but they I wonder were, what like, was first. Michael and... Uh, after. The, Say 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 was after Thriller okay. came out. Yeah, that much I can tell you. I would think that it would have to be for this song to be a big hit. Mm -hmm. It would have to have mm -hmm. Say 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 would have to have been released afterwards. Yeah. Uh, this, otherwise, yeah. this song's got no hope. It's pretty much irredeemable. 
Like it, the, yeah. it essentially is a celebration of misogyny. Uh-huh. I know. Ask her, maybe. What does she think about it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, there's nothing great to say. Yeah. Uh, he mentioned my least favorite moment, uh, and perhaps the funniest moment, is when he said, and I'm sure you agree, it's when he says he's a lover, not a fighter. I know. In such a tone that clearly proves he is neither. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But isn't that funny that of, of many things on this record, that's the one that I've probably heard quoted the most? Like, that's one of those things that has, like, become part of the cultural canon. Yeah. That phrase. Yeah, I, I buy that. Uh, <laughs> I think anybody, though, who returned to it would uh, maybe stop it. To the source? Like, yeah. ooh, yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. never say it again. Gross. I th- and so the only question I have about it, maybe you have a thought on this, in their little horrible conversation. Yeah. We should mention, by the way, such a theatrical album. Obviously, Thriller, obviously, Beat It, obviously, Billie Jean, the big stories. But even this track has that massive conversation. Yes. It's just a theatrical album. And that goes, obviously, back to him trying to conquer the world. Right. But within that conversation, who says, You keep dreaming? I cannot tell. That's Michael. You sure? Then Paul comes in with, That I'll believe it, which is the one moment I like. On this song. Yeah, well, obviously, Paul would have the one moment. You keep dreaming. <laughs> uh, no, that's Michael saying that, because, you know, again, that's why that motivates Paul to respond with his cry. See, I feel like Paul could say, you keep dreaming, I don't believe it. Maybe, yeah. I feel like there's room there, and it doesn't sound like Michael. It's too on his voice. By the way, they don't sound like they're in the same room. No, if you listen, don't. If you give that a listen on headphones, yeah. they are in different worlds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I do like the bridge a little bit. I love you more than he. I mean, Take you anywhere. I mean, it's in the come and go with me, like two in the town. Like, there's there's some nice things about it. Like, I appreciate what they're trying to do and how it. Again, I mean, that's it's obviously the, audibly pleasant. Yeah, it's and the Michael bridge, Jackson and Paul McCartney. But and it's the fir- that's the first time where you really hear them with at their near their like kind of capability, and then it's the only part of the song that has any energy. Yeah, um, yeah. So like that, but the. It it only I think probably is salvageable because it sounded surrounded by so much garbage. On yeah, it. I mean I think basically I'm I'm very glad we're finally recording this episode because yeah. that means I don't have to listen to that. Yeah. Track anymore. <laughs> so we can move on past it, which is yeah. what I always did when I listened to the record. Is just yeah, because guess right what's on. waiting for oh, us on the oh, other man. side? Holy moly! Uh, yeah, Thriller. Yeah. Added late into the recording process yeah. when they needed was something supposed to be called else. Starlight. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which I, you know, and actually, even that decision was made uh, from a marketing perspective. They thought Thriller would be more marketable than Starlight, and I think they're absolutely right. Yep. Oh um, yeah, absolutely. Again, Thriller is much more. Um, I won't say aggressive, but like energetic and yeah. uh, excitable. Starlight is much sort of like, you know, low energy. Yeah. Now, Thriller, it should be said, is no less a celebration of misogyny than The Girl is Mine. I guess so. Don't worry, girl. You're going to be fine. I'm going to, you you know, just hold on to me in the horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I'm the only one who can save you. Don't worry about a thing. Don't think about anything. Yep. It's all me. Right. Um, But I like the kind of like homage, if you want to be snooty about it, to like old school horror movies. It lives in this beautiful place where it is constructed to, uh, as you say, be an homage to horror movies. I mean, the Vincent Price rap is ridiculous, of the funk of 40,000 years. Like, it's so dumb. It doesn't, (laughs) it's best just to let it wash over you and not grab onto it. Because it's great. It is great. He did it in two takes. Wow. 
He was there because he was a friend of Quincy Jones' wife. Oh, funny. That's how they got him. Okay. Which, like, just is so... Those tiny things that go into making a record. Yeah. Vincent Price has to be on this track. He does. But what if he and Quincy Jones' wife aren't friends? I know. How do you get them? Thriller (laughs) becomes... What would we? What would it be without that? Because it has to end so big and over the top. And I remember being specifically like when this album came out, like nervous when yes. I listened to this song. Well, I, mean, I remember, of it course, was a different era. <laughs> we got to talk about the video briefly. We're supposed to talk about an album, but we got to yeah. talk about this video because yeah, it's yeah, the yeah. video of videos. Yeah. Do you remember? Did you watch the premiere in a I situation? I lived in a place where there was no MTV. I didn't see that video for oh. years and years. Oh gosh! Like in its entirety, so, I may not have seen it until YouTube from start to finish. Wow. So as I recall, I was living in Southern California at the time, but we were back east with my cousins, Nikki and Steph, uh, at my aunt Gabe and Uncle Dave's house in Philadelphia, and we all gathered around to watch this video. It was a big, big deal. Yeah. And I was, well, what, eight years old? I was scared, for sure, Um, but it felt different than... Anything other than space shuttle launches. Ooh. This moment. That much right? of an event. Th- that it was a gathering. This is something we all need to see. This is, like, important for humanity. That's what it, <laughs> <laughs> that's what it felt like. Um, now, the song doesn't need that video, because it's that fucking good. I mean, it's just a fun jam. Right. Just on its surface, like, it feels great. The groove is awesome. Yeah. Again, it's got that really restless chord progression where you got that same like bass line that really goes through the whole song. But boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Uh, even through the chorus. The bass line. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, and then you have the chords kind of like cascading over it. And then there's some interesting moments where it gets like really dissonant. Towards the end, you get that awesome theremin sound coming in. Yes. Yes. Um, so like it, it, but it just it's like the perfect tempo it's got the perfect kind of arrangement again this whole record like all the grooves are so good like the drums are really up front everything is really just to support the beat and mm-hmm. the voice so balanced yeah and and everything's come and go in such a beautiful way again another awesome guitar part like that really snappy tele, uh, Stratocaster yep. 80s sound like sound like classic. Slash to me I yeah. mean, it just sounds so <laughs> down, vicious down, 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 down. yeah it really cuts through really nicely um, yeah, I don't know. D- despite all of the sort of like cheesiness and pushing the envelope in terms of corniness, it doesn't matter because it just is awesome. And again, it's another vocal performance. He has so much emotion and he has so much grit in his voice. And he can go from The Girl Is Mine where he's like really syrupy and dippy and then go into this and you just buy it. It's somewhat criminal that we've gone this far into the album without just talking specifically about Michael Jackson's vocals. because. Yeah. If you take the time to, to, to go through this album and focus on nothing but his vocals, they are pretty extraordinary. Yeah. Like, like, I don't... So I, I can sing, uh, and I understand how to make singing sounds, and I don't necessarily understand how to make the kind of singing sounds that he does, necess- uh, let alone on rhythm, let alone to convey what he conveys with them, right? I don't even understand necessarily how you could come up with that kind of a triangulation, right? To say that if I give them these little hiccups and these uh, shrieks and these these spots um, and these little curves that I do with my voice, it'll come across as a a cohesive piece. But it does. It does. I mean, 
unreal. It t- he takes you wherever he wants to take you. Yeah. And it is extraordinary. And I Quincy don't... was really smart and stayed out of his way. Yes. Again, you just had that really nice, strong groove, comes across great on a vinyl record. Yeah. And then it's just his voice, and everything else is meant to just support the mood of the song and the emotion. And he's a very emotional singer. Like, yes. Every song goes through its journey. No question. And this, yeah. And I don't think that, that before this endeavor for this episode, I necessarily thought him of him as an extraordinary vocalist. Oh. Yeah. Um, which may be just my folly. Okay. But um, but there are just so many other things I think of first with Michael Jackson, right? Obviously, dancing and right. Um, the showmanship and the, his, how he got how weird he got. Yeah, <laughs> just the 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 stratosphere that he lived in. Yeah. You know the the uniqueness of him. And that's why I like going back to this record because he got so colossally weird later in his career that it's yeah. great to to see to be reminded of like why uh, why he was so special like. If you haven't seen it, you have to see the movie This Is It. It's mm-hmm. available on Amazon Prime. I think you can, and you know, it's all available on the streaming services, but it is the rehearsal, it's a document documentary of the rehearsal process for his final tour in 2009. Like, literally 50 sold-out shows at Wembley Stadium. Yeah. The most ridiculously huge production you could possibly imagine. Uh, and he's not singing full voice because he's clearly trying to save his voice for the final performances that never happen because he dies. Because he dies. And he's 50, and he just sounds great. Yeah. Uh, and he dances beautifully, and he is still, even like you can see, he's got the faded skin tone, and he's got crazy right. plastic surgery, and right. he's obviously completely, you know, like, tripped out on fentanyl or whatever the hell he was on. Yeah. But he has such a command of his own voice, I really his need own to ability, see it. and and everybody mm-hmm. uh, in that room is so happy and feels so blessed mm. and privileged to be there. And everyone is like he he runs this entire show. Yeah. Uh, you you see how much command he has over everyone and how he has complete authority over all of the choreography, over all of the arrangements, over all the singers, everything. It's just fabulous. And there's a lot of songs on Thriller that are performed as part of this documentary, and you just have to see it. It's it's awesome and. Uh, I wanted to mention it because it is a great uh, depiction of how his voice main- stayed strong even until when he was 50 and even when you when he's not singing full out. Mm-hmm. It's just amazing and you get to really appreciate like what level of command and, and creativity that he had. Um, I need to see it. Yeah. I need, it's on my list. Oh, it's awesome. Um, I feel like the intro to Thriller <laughs> is a little bit too long. Yeah, it is. It is a little bit too long. Yeah. Right, because you have that I'm, like little... I'm ready to go before the song is. <laughs> right. It's like you have the little build-up, and then you have the bum bum theme, and then you drop into the groove. Yeah. And that, that's the part that I feel like is a little bit too long in the tooth. Like I Exactly like the, right. I like the big, punchy intro. No question. I yeah, like no, the little build-up to it. Once the groove starts... And again, it's like right after Girl Is Mine, when you think about it as a segue, Girl Is Mine has just ended, it's faded out, it's like this sort of like drippy, syrupy, mid-tempo thing, and then right. all of a sudden it's, here it comes, like, something's coming. Look out. Um, but yeah, you're right. When Once you, that baseline starts, I'm ready to go. Just go in. Pretty it. quick. Let's get rolling. Yep. Um, yep. That's my only tiny little complaint with yeah. Thriller. I mean... And then if you're listening on vinyl, let's end of side one. You need a break after that. Yeah. It's like, whew, okay. Uh, flip it over. Drop the needle. And you are powering. And then, whap! You right? are ready to rock with right an all-time... <laughs> an all-time pop hit. Yeah. I, you know, you mentioned uh, This Is It... I often wonder how many people have seen Michael Jackson live. When you think about the size of the shows that he would do. All over the world. And all over the world. Yeah. 
People were crazy about that. There guy. can't be too many bands. Maybe the Stones, obviously. Maybe you too. But there can't be too many people, and those are bands. Yeah. So pound for pound, person for person, I feel like he's the performer that has been seen the most in the world. Probably. And yeah. beat it, Thriller, Billie Jean, this record, obviously, are, is a, a big reason why. Like, oh, yeah. it's youth Corners as well. Yep. But, mm-hmm. um, but those were her biggest hits. Yeah, her, his biggest hits. And, you know, Beat It's one of them. I mean, it's Beat It's not one of the ones that I still like the most. I don't feel like it necessarily holds up that well. Like, I still enjoy listening to it on its own terms and where it sits on the record. And, and there's some interesting arrangement things that happen in there. And I like the Eddie Van Halen solo. <laughs> it feels like the only rock song on the It's album. the only rock song. Yeah. And I feel like that's deliberate. Like, yeah. we got to have a barn burner in here. It felt like the song that I clung to a lot when I... You know, because for kids, I feel like... Uh, thriller was not it was not necessarily the coolest thing for sure to love thriller no as a kid right which i did i did and i felt like beat it was often what i would point to and be like come right. on well, that's an awesome like what song. are you talking about look yeah. at this right yeah um and it still serves that purpose yep and i'm not sure i even thought about the fact that it kicks off side two but it gives it a real anchor in that respect yeah it's just like at that moment where you're like all right what else am i in for like you just jump right into it with something really high energy and i like it for that reason and i really like the groove like that you know there's like those hand claps that happen on beat four that are like so loud boom bap bap you know like that goes through the whole song that i feel like give it such a a power but i feel like it's kind of like one of the more boring songs on the record like it's not that yeah and it also um is this sort of false bravado, right? Like it. <laughs> it's more the toxic mas- masculinity, if you well, want to go there. Well, it is, but it phrase. also. I, I feel like it's aiming for toxic masculinity, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't quite get there yeah, because there's these. Limpy. There's these downbeat. Ooh. Ah! Yeah. Like these goofy, like Batman fight sounds <laughs> in, the, in the back corners of this song that it really, yeah. like, negate. Show them the how, Van Halen how solo. funky strong is your fight. I'm like, eh. <laughs> okay, dude. Um, yeah. Sure. Uh, I know you're going for a, like a pop, you know, West Side Story kind of thing, and I like the video. Yeah. I mean, I used to like Im- imitate the dance moves of all the gangsters, um, but yeah, I agree. It's a little wimpy. I think that <laughs> that main uh, bad guy gangster, he was very scary. To yeah, me. he was in his like, white jacket I, with I, the round shades. I was and... very intimidated by him. Yeah. Now you mentioned the jacket. I wanted the jacket. Yes. So bad. <laughs> Did you want the red jacket? Oh, Michael's red jacket. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah, it oh, seemed yeah. like somehow he made this utterly ridiculous thing. And maybe a lot of people listening to this don't know what that jacket was like. But it was r- bright red leather. Yeah. And it had about a thousand zippers on it. Diagonal zippers. Diagonal Superfluous. zippers. Superfluous. Superfluous that meant nothing. They and were not like pockets. These sort of like sequin epaulets, like little patches That's on the right. shoulders that were like yeah. silver sequins that matched the yeah. zippers. Very rooted. Like you could see the, that, the seed of that jacket bore the fruit of bad and all sorts of other outfits down the line for Michael. I mean, a whole cultural thing. Like, the yes. the diagonal zippers are like a cliche, like are a, a, a gag. You know, so they, we went, they were everywhere. We <laughs> went to Macy's. Nice. And they had the jacket. Yes, I remember. And I wanted the jacket. And I asked my mom for the jacket. It was a lot of money. Yeah, that was the problem. It's too expensive. And my brilliant mom just said, I don't think you're going to want it as much as you want it right now after you wear it once. Yeah. And something about the way she said that sunk in, and I was just like, yeah, yeah, okay. 
okay, we won't get it. I, w- I won't get it. <laughs> Basically saving my life. <laughs> Probably. Because you would have had the ass kicked out of you. Yeah, it would have been rough. I don't know. I feel like everybody was into that, though. Mm. Everybody was into that look. Everyone was into that jacket. I think I, w- I must have worn one glove for a little while until somebody just told me to stop with the stupid awesome. bullshit. Yeah. I'd love to think. Of- I'd like to research the white glove. I think the white glove's really interesting. Yeah, I, was, I didn't do any work on that. I was watching the... I watched the... Uh, we'll get to Billie Jean. Mm-hmm. Like, the monster track of this album, in my yeah. opinion. Yes. Um, but uh, 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 that Apollo... Night at the Apollo performance that he does, where he introduces the white glove, and he introduces the moonwalk to the right. world. Right, Like, you watch him use that white glove, and it's clearly a prop, and I think it's really meant to draw the eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's very specific. Like, he tends to hold the microphone with his bare hand, mm-hmm. and then he's using the white-gloved hand to kind of, like, do stuff. Yep. Um, so I think it's just a clever sort of like showmanship thing when you're a tiny little figure on a huge stage in a huge stadium to like something twinkly and bright to kind of draw the eye back towards him. He's usually, a magician. Usually his crotch, but yeah. towards him. Um, I don't all... know what else to say about Beat It like that hasn't been said. It's been beat it into the ground. Well, the one thing I would mention is the knocking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, this is Eddie Van Halen knocking on his guitar, sort of testing out his little wah-wah yep. stick or whatever. Yes. Is that what we think? Yeah. Because there's a rumor... Like the hammer, yeah. The, that, the that it was bar. somebody knocking to come into the studio. Oh, funny. I think that's Eddie, because it's right before his solo. And, but... and he's going to use that stick. It feels like it's got to be him. Oh, yeah. He it doesn't just... match his personality. But it's cool as shit, I feel like. I mean, it, it, that was probably something that he did as he was warming up for the track that just Quincy Jones kept in. That might have been, yeah. Yeah, that he's I buy just that. like, yeah, that sounds cool. I'm just going to there. I buy that way more than somebody trying to get into the studio. Yeah, no. that's a little ridiculous. Because there's all kinds of weird, like, little random sounds, and I think Quincy was just like, oh, that's, that works. Yeah. I mean, because it he's is... He's a master. It's very... You could... This album could be very antiseptic very easily, but yet it has enough humanity in it uh, that it doesn't feel that way at all. In some ways, it's a little surprising it's not more antiseptic. Right. Because even as you listen to it, you can hear, like I was saying, and beat it, these little oohs and ahs that, that, that just do not work. Um, obviously, the Paul McCartney track. Um, yeah. And the arrangements are so fussed over. It's a fine line. Yeah. That it could just, like, you could suck all the humanity out of it. But very they just easily. stayed right on it, and they nailed it every single time. I think that's what yeah. set this sets this album apart from... And plus, he just oozes emotion, which means we got to get on to Billie Jean. Yeah, Billie. Which is such a, again, a weird song, thematically. Yep. It's an yep. odd song to sing along with. I remember singing along with it in the car with my mother, yeah. not thinking about what it meant. It's so strange. Yeah, but... That, that was one of my notes. Like, the whole country yeah. is just going around, <laughs> singing to each other at work or wherever yeah. about how awesome this amazing track the about this... The kid is not my son. And I remember thinking, because I was so young, I remember thinking, why would she say that it wasn't his kid if it wasn't his kid. Yeah, how's that possible? And then if it was his kid, why would he deny it? You know, like I was just baffled, like an idiot. I mean, I'm only eight, but, you know, right. it just didn't make any sense to me. But yes, what a strange thing for us all to be singing yeah. about. Creepy, dark, paranoid. Um, you know, again, based on a real-life situation that happened to him where he there was someone who claimed paternity. Right. Um, so, again, he's right up front with it. Uh, but it's just such an amazing song. It's such an amazing track. It feels great. Apparently, there was an argument about cutting the first thirty seconds of it before the voice comes in. And Michael's... well, I think it's long. I think it's another long intro. But Michael's like, "That's what makes me dance." Yes, that's right. <laughs> and I love that. Yeah. Like, okay, up, done. Yeah, Fine. Q wanted it out. Yeah, but um, but Michael kept it because it made him want to dance. It's like, 
I, I mean, I don't get the logic. He can dance anytime he wants. Yeah, right. Um, so I do think it's a bit of a long intro, and I do think too that it that the song really finds itself late. Like it's it's so unsettling, um, and it builds slow tonally. Yeah, and but it keeps you. Yeah, right. It never lets you go with the groove. Yeah, but late. I find it's almost this album in a microcosm um, because it it starts so unsettlingly, but it keeps you moving the whole time. And then late, it's got this sort of release and it really just settles into like whatever. Not my lover, not my lover yeah. for like two minutes. Yeah. End. It's a long intro, a uh, long outro too. Right. But I just want to stay in that feeling. Like I I'm, love the way that song sounds. I, I feel the exact same way. I don't love the long intro, but I don't mind the long outro at all. By yeah. the time we're there... I'm in. I'm so happy to be there. There's a wonderful call and response. Again, that little boom, boom, synth only comes for that one moment, and right. it's followed up by that beautiful disco string section that just sounds killer, cuts yep. through. I mean, there's a couple other places where that's used, but like those little stings, those little thematic moments. I mean, there's one in PYT that we'll get to. Right. You know, right. like that just make those songs. Yeah. They're it's, just genius little bits, and the song wouldn't be the same without it. And again, that guitar part in there, too, the bow, 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 you know, that rhythm guitar is all over that record. It is so tight and so crisp and doesn't sound, you know, the Stratocaster was the guitar of the 80s and was used over and over and over again and often sounded very kind of, like, empty. But it sounds really punchy and really warm and great and cuts through, like, the what is really a dark mix, like that oh, bass yeah. part. Is just this fat synth bass tone that just goes, you know, on and on and on. Yeah. Uh, it it switches over to an elect, electric bass when it when he gets to the people I was told me be careful what you do and then it goes it right brightens back up. To it. Yep. Yeah, it brightens up a little bit and it goes right back to it and it's really dark. I like those little insidious little stings and everything and that yeah. guitar just cuts through so beautifully. And um, oh, I thought just totally left my head. <laughs> I was so excited to tell you about this yeah. thought I had about Billy Jean. Um. It's just totally gone. Well, I love the fact that you can hear his finger snaps in the vocal track. With any other singer in the entire world, they'd be like, um, can you, like, <laughs> can you, can you not do that when we're tracking? Right. It? But it doesn't matter. Well, he's going to keep whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, oh, I wish I could come up with that thought. It was so good. Anyway, PYT. Uh, not next. Human Nature's next. Oh, I'm sorry. Again, another beautiful segue. So, like, at the end of Billie Jean, you're in this great groove for a while. Um, it's really dark. It's nice to have it brightened up. Um, it's a ballad, but, again, it's another, like, really restless song. It's basically about, like, hey, baby, don't blame me for wanting to fuck around. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what it's about. Um, but it, it's done in such a nice, wistful way. I remember this one was a particular standout uh, when I listened to it. As a younger person, yeah. I read the New York Times Review today, and this was the one they called out as the big single. Which is interesting. Well, this is my favorite track too, and you've reminded me of my point, which yeah. is that uh, that I wanted to bring up because I think both uh, the ending, especially of Billie Jean, and certainly this song in particular, do this thing, which is, you know, they recall the '80s and and the root of the '80s, '82. This is, yeah, in um, you know, a, a decade that is a problematic decade, certainly musically, a very problematic decade. Wonderful too, in many ways, and but this manages to be both the height of a problematic musical decade and have has these pieces of it that are the best, 
the most beautiful yeah. renditions of the things that went on, right? So, so many things for the remainder, I feel like, of the 80s were just attempting to get back yes. to these several tracks, and I think possibly Billie Jean and Human Nature in particular. I d- completely agree with that. I think, And there's so many things about Human Nature I think were lifted and used elsewhere. Oh, yeah. But like you're still missing the essence yeah. of what it was all about. It's like, I don't know why I jumped to mind, but it's like Seinfeld. You know, for years and years and years after Seinfeld was out, all comedy was about people shooting each other down. Yes. You know, and it's like, that was one part. Yeah, Cheers, like missed... cheers started it. Yeah. That's what happened. Everybody, it was, it was cut like down humor. There's so many things about what made it. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Human Nature, you take Human Nature and Girl Is Mine as two parts of the, you're like two sides of the same coin. You're yep. like trying to make a ballad that has a beautiful sound, but that still like feels like something. Yeah. And I feel like for all the ways that Girl Is Mine goes wrong human nature gets it right yeah it still feels great it's got a nice solid pulse it's got a very spacious arrangement it's got it's like it sounds sensitive there's room for his vocal it's got nice parts in it there's you know again it, it, there's lots of change yeah uh and there's a nice build to it and like you say it's like a, that that 80s thing about like the yep. mix of acoustic instruments like drums yep. and guitars and then like lots of synths, crazy synths everywhere right but it never feels like overloaded with it. or It's super yeah. synthetic, but it's got all the heart you could ever want. I feel like this is the only track on this album that you can... It's like an everyday track. Yeah. Like, so yeah. it could pop up in any mix. You know, we said at the beginning of the show, we, we don't want to be... You know, that the whole point of this is to listen from beginning to end. This is the only track that I would throw onto a mix for a friend. Oh, this is really? the only track that uh, off the album, because I feel like... It's dodged any kind of specific um, visual connotation. Oh, that's a good point. Right? Then, yeah. then the, the rest of these are either, in my opinion, sort of just general dance club yeah. imagery, you know, like Wanna Be Starting Something or PYT, or the obvious ones of Thriller, Beat of Billie Jean, and all that. Human Nature just sort of is itself. It's, it's a self-contained piece within this album, and yep. I think it's, it's the, the standout. And it's not the one you think of first. No. But it's every, you know, like, oh, God, that's a beautiful song. And that's what you want, right? If you're making a mix for a friend, like, just yeah. getting back to that point quickly, like, you don't want Thriller off an album for your mix for a friend. You want Human Nature yep. off the album, yep. right? That's the track you always look for. And it's an awesome vocal performance. I love his Beautiful. weird harmonies. You know, like, yeah. I don't know what he's singing during yeah. the chorus when he's yeah. backing himself up. Yep. But it just sounds awesome. And I love, this is another song where I feel like he's really inviting the listener to sing along. Because, like, most of the last chorus, he's not singing the line, tell him that it's human nature. Right. He goes, why, why, why did you do me that way? But he leaves that free. Yeah. And I think that he's like, and you. It's you, gorgeous. You at. You it's gorgeous. In. Yeah. Yeah. Um, recently, I, I stumbled on a, a cover of this song ooh, ooh, yeah, 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 that uh, by Vijay Iyer, who I didn't know. Uh, mm. I know nothing about besides this track, really. Um, and he covers this song. I would strongly recommend um, checking that out. It is... It's beautiful. You played it for me. It's amazing. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah. It's really nice. It's and again, stirring. it gets to that restlessness. Mm-hmm. It's this... Human nature, you, it's, it's under the surface, but it's very there, and it's certainly there in what the song is about. But that... It's a... Yeah, that, that, that cover... I mean, it's really a rearrangement of it and a reimagining of it, Indeed. but it really is very restless. Uh, and it re, it it just suggests this song so beautifully, right? Yes, it does. It brings you back to this song. Yeah. And when you get back here, the song delivers. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. I mean, like there's, I don't know. I think there there's so much of this arrangement. There's a gun, a lot of little surprises. It's a great headphone song. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Well, the whole album, I feel like, is is yeah. very rewarding for good headphones. Yep. Um, if and, you take the time to do that. And then is, my, I think, my favorite segue. Okay. Which is from this tune into PYT, which I love. I know you mentioned before, like, or maybe you didn't, but I think PYT is one of the monster tracks on this record. Wow. It's, again, a, another colossally weird song. Yes. Uh, James Ingram wrote it, by the way. Okay. Uh, who was also, had a song in the charts at the time that this album came out. Uh, was it, baby, come to me. Let me put my mm. arms around you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I love that you come out of human nature and it like it settles on this sort of like unsettled place. That you know, it's yes. not. It doesn't resolve. Like oh, it doesn't come so to a good. peaceful ending. It leaves you kind of suspended in there. So poetic. And then, I and I and then, you jump right into that awesome guitar part that opens Pretty Young Thing, and like it leads you right. I mean, his weird little whispered intro. I mean, he does it and I feel like stop. I need to hear so, that. Don't, oh, okay. I just want to hear the beginning of PYT. Yeah. Is this going to... Yeah. It should uh, wake up again. All right. Yeah. This almost resolves... Yeah. It kind of does. Human nature. But it also, I feel like, is a follow-on thematically, because he's like, don't blame me for wanting to fool around. And he's like, come here, baby. You know, in the next yeah. tune. That... But, 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 but. It's like this thick chord. It is thick. All of the harmonies in this song are really thick. Um, and you know, like there's a there's a lot of places I feel like this shouldn't work as a dance track because there is a lot of sophisticated harmony in it, but yep. it never falls over. Like it's it just holds together so well. Yeah, I I, I buy that. I mean, it's a it's a fun track. I, I don't know why it's married so much to want to be starting something. For it me. is. I, I mean, was it, gonna say like yeah. it's almost a bookend. Yeah, it. it very much feels like a bookend, and it almost renders the lady in my life pretty irrelevant. Oh, but I want to talk about. Yeah, that. no, no, no little, we'll talk about. It. I'm yeah. just saying, like, it almost. I I don't even want to. I'm just saying from a listening perspective. It does. Yeah. And as a track order thing, I right. think that I feel like that's really deliberate. Um, because it's almost as if like you're listening to the full performance of a singer who's coming out for a night of his music. Yeah. Um, where PYT is like the big final number. Yeah. And then Lady in My Life's like the emotional encore. All right. Um, so you're almost it almost is the end of the show after PYT, and then they come back for one more. That's it's like, just so intimate. Well, I don't want to leave yeah. PYT yet. No, no, right? no, no. Are we done with PYT? No, we're not. No, no, we're nowhere near. So let's keep yeah. going with PYT. Again, I feel like it's another bookend to start in something because there's a lot of interesting arrangement things yep. in here that it's very handle. active. Lots of stings, yep. lots of instruments that come in and out. There was another one that I wanted to kind of enumerate everything that's in it. I think there's more than want to be starting something. I would imagine. Um, yeah, when I talk about architecture early in the show, yeah. these are the two tracks that I really think about architecture with. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. These are really constructed sounds, yeah. especially in a head phone and that's why i feel like it almost it could be too fussy it could the groove could fall apart but it never does when right. it comes to that banana you know like at the end of the no, chorus it holds me like it shouldn't sure. it shouldn't work but it it works yeah no awesomely. it never lets you go yeah um I, an embarrassing thing for me lyrically uh tlc i, I when i was a kid i thought tlc i mm. thought he was then said to the loving fair <laughs> which I envisioned as a place that people Ooh. in love go to. I'd like to, visit. you know, like Mary Poppins almost. Sounds nice. Like, yeah. <laughs> to the love and fair. Like, that's uh, just the imagery that I had. And so, and, and quite honestly, I don't know that I ever really challenged that until this, until oh, prepping for this episode where I was like, oh yeah, he 
He says tender love and care. Okay. He's just said TLC. So it's a little embarrassing for me privately, but... Um, yep. <laughs> I love it. Like, the, yeah, the musical or the lyrical malapropisms makes me think of Billie Jean. Yeah. Uh, you may remember this. Growing up in New England at the time this album came out, there was a furniture store that I think was out of New Hampshire called Puritan Furniture, and it had this like sort of like animated mascot named Harriet, who was this woman who was like somehow attached to a chair. So I always <laughs> thought this song was Harriet singing, the chair is not my son. Because <laughs> it never quite sounded like kid to me. Yeah, the no, chair I agree. is not my son. Well, he's, he just does whatever he wants with his mouth. Yeah, it doesn't matter. No, that's why, that's what I was saying before. Like, yeah. I never really understood his lyrics, but they don't... Now, I won't say they don't matter... But you don't need them. You don't need them as much. And again, right. he invites you in. PYT is another example of that. Na, 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 na. I remember yeah. kids doing that in the hallways at school. Totally. Like, na, 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 na. It's, yeah. he, he, he wants you to participate. Yeah. He gives you opportunity to do that. Like, I think as a songwriter myself, like, that's a wonderful lesson to kind of find those moments. Totally. Where you can invite, you know, your listener or whatever, the person at the show to kind of, like, echo back what you're doing and, yep. and like, have room for them in there. PYT. Mm-hmm. Um, people sing along with that. That totally. crazy vocoder. Um, Super catchy. Yeah, it is. It is. And it brings us to the lady in my life. Which again, like like you, up until listening for preparation for this, yeah. I always skip that song. And I don't think I honestly had ever heard it all the way through. So this album, for a lot of reasons, reminds me of a baseball batting lineup. Oh. Uh, Wanna be starting something is a total leadoff hitter. Right. And Thriller is a cleanup hitter yeah. like you've never seen before. <laughs> Pop, Big Poppy, all the way, right? Awesome, awesome. Um, and there's a lot of other, so Baby Be Mine. The Girl Is Mine, I think, is kind of ill-placed in the three-hole. But then again, it was a top-ten hit, so what am I complaining about? Yeah, right. You know what I mean? So uh, you, you definitely would put your hits up They do the job. There. Not, your, not, the one, not the baseball card you're going to collect, but they And do. The Lady In My Life is the last track, and that's usually when you would have the pitcher hit. Right, <laughs> uh, and that's uh, one of the other reasons that I always think about a baseball lineup when I when I think about this album. Yes, um, PYT's got some speed. You want that late in the lineup, you know? Kind of shake up the pitcher. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to you want to get a little speed in case the pitcher gets a hit, so you can hopefully go first to third, something like that. And that's why one of the reasons I like PYT where it is on this record because yeah. it is a late inning kind of like wake me up. Oh, it's They're totally. Like, I'm in the right still spot. here. Like it's great. I mean, and so let's talk about track order for a second because I came to wanting to talk about Thriller for this, thinking I was going to come in here and propose this alternate track order. Oh, wow. Because I felt like Listen it, it was never like quite Excuse me, Quincy. Excuse I know, me, Michael. I know, I know. <laughs> I have some thoughts. But, <laughs> and and uh, Lady in My Life was going to get cut. Yeah. Because uh, again, it's, it. it's vinyl, it's like four and four, it's fine. It's like perfect eight songs, you yeah. know, for whatever reason. Just yeah, feels, I'll take eight. feels whole. But Plus, I ended up liking Lady in My Life. Why? It is a sleeper. Um, and so I, I invite you to go back and check it out again, All right. because it builds. It okay. builds beautifully. It starts as this ballad, and again, I feel like that's part of why it gets a bad rap. Is that intro is just sort of flaccid and like blah 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 with that little sleepy jazzy guitar. Yeah. And you're just like, ugh, I'm done. Like I just partied myself down. What do I need this for? But it's almost like the last song at the dance. Yeah. All right. That starts as this sort of ballad. Like let's just bring it. It's time to say goodnight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to close it up. We've had a great time. We've had a great time all together, and yeah. we're just going to kind of bring it home. But he brings it home so well. Like, it has an awesome build. By the end of the song, if you play the beginning and play the end, just, like, you know, like yeah. move your file or skip your needle or whatever. <laughs> yep. Like, the dynamics are hugely different. Okay. Uh, it's almost like it becomes this gospel number, and it's got this great 
breakdown right towards the end. Boom! You know, like everything drops out mm. and it's back to just the drums and just a little bit of arrangement. And then he kind of builds it up again. Right. And that's why I sort of imagine as the last night of the encore or the encore of the album, and he's like, this is the band. Like, let me introduce everybody. It's been great to hear everybody. You know, as you have that kind of groove, kind of chilling underneath for a little bit. He introduces yeah. the band. He talks about like whatever's going on. And then, then the harmony vocals come back in. And then he starts to build it again. And he starts to build it again. And then it just like builds to this nice little crescendo. And then peace out. We're done here. And I feel like the album wouldn't be quite complete without it. Like you want that one to kind of like settle you in to completion. Yeah. You know, it's like the yeah. There's the obviously something. After sex. There's obviously something right about it. Uh, yeah. It is. It is certainly one of the two tracks that did not make it to the top ten. Yeah. I don't think it needed to. It functions purely as a record closer. It's my just, yeah. my issue with it is only, and I I I will go back. I, I certainly, I, you've sold me on it, but my issue with it is the whole rest of this record has dared you, has flicked its teeth at you. Yeah. Right. Yes. And this track just feels so intimate and personal it's like a lot of the the stuff that stevie wonder has done that uh, that i don't super jive with right um it's just almost it feels almost too close it's a tonal shift it's a huge tonal shift and it's which would be fine on an album except that it's eight to one right and it's last yeah and i feel like that's fair I, i might be more now, you may be right, because I feel like this is the one track that just doesn't keep me the way the rest of them did. So maybe I just sort of frittered away before. I, I, maybe I just have yeah, to just focus in up. a little yeah, bit more. Right. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll give it another listen. I mean, think about it is that like that settle you down, you know, like. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like the cigarette after sex metaphor. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. that's All the right. right way to do it. Right. Um, but uh, I, I agree that it's a tonal shift. Yeah. Uh, it's a mood shift for sure. Big time. I mean, again, PYT, like he's, you know, like human nature, he's talking about how, you know, he kind of wants to fuck around and that's just yep. how people are, yep. baby. PYT, he's pursuing, you know, his new flame. Yep. And then Lady, you know, so there's a little bit of a precedent for it there, but it almost feels like it's a little bit of an intimacy that you haven't quite earned yet. I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, the whole album, as we've mentioned time and again, PYT's no different, is a celebration of misogyny. And then I'm supposed to buy that he's got this big tribute to the lady in my life? Like, come on. We've just listened to you for 40 minutes. Yeah. Uh, you know, just talking about them however you want. Talking about women however you want. So it is almost a throwback to the previous record or whatever. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a little bit weird in, in other places, but then he, you know, as a showman, kind of wants to close it up, tie it up with a bow. And it, I feel like for that, it's very effective. It's really the only track that makes me wonder what else was on that pile of 30 songs. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And a few of them, I guess, have, have leaked out onto YouTube. I've not listened to them. I don't know. I'll have to check them out. Um, yeah, there was we'll that whole recent Sony scandal, right, about those... Uh, uh, lost tracks of Michael Jackson's that they supposedly admitted were actually sung by an impersonator and then have since walked it back. So, yeah. Wait, I as, don't know. As of this recording, this. that's like in the news right now. So there were tracks that were leaked that was supposedly... Michael Jackson leaked, like, uh, yeah, unreleased tracks that were supposedly Michael's stuff. But that were, then they said was not him. Yeah, sung by an impersonator. Now they're like, well, you know, uh, you know, yeah, exactly. So were they trying to throw people off the trail by saying it's an impersonator? Is that know. what you're saying? I don't know what they're Interesting. doing. I think they, they probably really are, but Sony's trying to abdicate responsibility for it. Sony, <laughs> the one and only. Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, so the final piece of record time yes. is uh, our attempt at one song, a, c- a quick cover 
yeah. of one song off the album, what, what did we choose? Uh, Human Nature. Yeah. Which I think is a good one to do. I All mean, right. again, it's probably the, the easiest to accomplish vocally. <laughs> well, it's my favorite, so I'm glad we're doing it. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh, I hope I can do it justice. So we're going to... But anything else we want to close up Thriller with? I mean, yeah. Well, I just think, you fresh know... Fresh ears. Fresh ears are deserved. I, yeah, I, I just think you should really... This is one of those albums that you feel like, oh, yeah, 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 I totally know that album backwards and forwards. But I'd, I'd encourage you to put your best headphones on and give it a listen. You uh, will be surprised. You haven't really listened to Baby Be Mine, and there's a lot of to chew on in there. And yep. again, Lady in My Life is a great way to close it up. <laughs> and if you feel like cracking open a Zima, oh, yeah. just good luck finding one, because yeah, it took me a little while. Limited a dish. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, before we go, Pete, Tim, Tim. record time, next time. Oh, yeah, we should talk about what we're going to do next time. So next time, sure. uh, we're going to do The Suburbs by RK Fire. Looking so forward to that. bust that out. Again, that one was recorded, you know, made in 2010 in the sort of CD and digital era. Yeah, it's a so very I, different record. Very different record, very different structure. All Powerful in a lot of different ways. Yeah, so it'll, that one will be absolutely fun to sink your teeth into. If you haven't listened to it in a while or you don't know it, Arcade Fire, The Suburbs, check it out. And I think with that, we're going to do some sort of IPA, right? That's going to be our... That is the plan. Yeah, you can pick your favorite. There's plenty of great... Um, Arcade Fire is kind of a Montreal-based band, so maybe something Canadian Something IPA Montreal or, like or something local to where you are, yeah. I think, is preferable. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. Some nice, heady IPA. Uh, so we will be back with that. And in the meantime, here is our attempt at human nature. All right. Across the nighttime, the city winks a sleepless eye. Hear her voice shake my window, sweet seducing sighs. Get me out into the nighttime, four walls won't hold me tonight. If this town just an apple let me take a bite if they say why why tell them that it's human nature why why does he do me that way why why tell them that it's human nature why why does it do me that way reaching out Touch a stranger, electric eyes are everywhere. See that girl, she knows I'm watching. She likes the way I stare. Why, why? Tell him that it's human nature. Why, why? Does he do me that way? Why, why? Why, why does he do me that way? I like living this way. I like loving this way. 